Hello everyone and welcome to Plot Mechanics, the movie podcast where we talk about how story structure, plot elements, and narrative construction engage us emotionally as film fans. My name is Ed and I will be joined shortly by Leon, Motsi, and Adil to talk about the 2021 film Mortal Kombat, directed by Simon McCoy and released by New Line Cinema. As always, this discussion will contain spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film, we highly recommend pausing this episode and then coming back once you have watched it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Well, can we talk about animation, but not no. like... We talked about animation last week. Oh, I guess we did thing. talk about <laughs> You picked what we're talking about then. Fine, we're talking about this week. Like... Who likes the Saw movie? I'm kidding. He likes the Saw one. <laughs> Who likes the we what? We should maybe, intro- we should maybe introduce ourselves first. Like, start actually start the episode first. Okay. Oh, yeah, I guess we could do that. Uh, yo, what up? It's another episode of Plot Mechanics. Uh, you know who I am, but in case you don't, because you're not paying attention to the other episodes we put out, I'm Leon. Or you didn't listen to them. This is the first one you're listening to, which is perfectly fine. Which is that perfectly the, fine. In case you don't part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leon. I'm Ed. I'm Adil. And I am Motsi. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into some some movie talk uh, about, you know, Mortal Kombat. But... Mortal Kombat! Well, let's, that's, let's actually talk about Mortal Kombat. Who here has uh, played the Mortal Kombat games or is familiar with the franchise beyond the 1995 movie? I have played all of them. Uh, so wow. I know all the story. I, I I even have like Mortal Kombat Sub Zero mythologies on my N sixty four, which goes through the whole Sub Zero backstory. Oh, this oh that, that game that's, should have existed. That, that, that two D side scroller that was like horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was just really <laughs> yeah. hard. Uh, oh, it was and, ridiculously and, difficult. Yeah, I I have Sub Zero or Mortal Kombat. Is it Legends with uh, when you play Liu Kang and Kung Lao uh, for PS two? I was playing. I, I played that when I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I watched Mortal Kombat. What was the TV show that they had between Hercules and Xena? Conquest. Yeah, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Gosh, I watched that. Dang. Uh, yeah. I, so we have I a real fan on our hands. Dang. Oh, there, there was. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, but there was a producer that basically tried to pitch early back in the like in the mid nineties. Tried to pitch Mortal Kombat as like the next big cinematic universe that he was going to do. It was going to it was going to cross over to to TV shows, books, yeah. movies, all this stuff. So they did the movies kind of, and then they did the the TV show, and like they kind of all fell apart around the time that Annihilation came out, and everyone checked out after the first weekend. So. <laughs> well, the TV show because initially it was well for us in Canada, it was on Global on like Sundays. So like Sundays yes. was like Hero Afternoon on, after like Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show. So you'd get like you get Xena that played, you get Sinbad, you would get uh, Hercules, and then you'd have Mortal Kombat Conquest, and then on the occasion you'd have Sliders. And, like, they were all supposed to, like, interact in this, like, TV universe. So, like, you know, yeah. Xena meets Hercules, and then, like, in Sliders they go back into some weird portal, and they meet Kevin Sorbo, and he's, like, a different type of Hercules, and there was the whole thing. And then... Around, like, the end seasons, it just got so chaotic to the point where, like, Xena invents electricity and becomes Santa Claus. And, like, Hercules is, like, you know, the founder of North America. It's just, oh, my it's God. Just, it's bonkers. It's so bonkers that it yeah. just kind of fell out. And Mortal Kombat Conquest was, like, at the end of that, like, catastrophe of TV collaborations. Although Sinbad wasn't bad. 
the pirate. I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much right now. Uh, to answer your question, I haven't played any of the Mortal Kombat video games. I've played the other two, which is um, Tekken and um, Street Fighter, but I have not played <laughs> Mortal Kombat, like uh, of the fighting games uh, um, that I kept mi- like mixing them up. Um, I definitely have not played Mortal Kombat. Uh, I know, I mean, obviously I know of it. I know of some, like, I've seen it around, like, through pop culture um, osmosis. But if you ask me about characters, I couldn't name any of them except for the ones that showed up in this movie that we just watched. Um, yeah, I, so I'm going to date myself right now. Um, so I was around when, the obviously, as a... Um, Back in like 1992, the arcade was the place that you went to play video games. Obviously, Street Fighter, Street Fighter was the the fighting game to beat. That was the popular one until Mortal Kombat came out. And then I don't even remember there being much of a rivalry between Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. It was just this thing where like these two fighting games were just like the biggest things. And I remember Fairview Mall, which is a mall in Toronto, just off the like the highway that comes into the city. Uh, there was a little arcade called Sky Games. And I would go there every weekend, every weekend, play whatever they had. Um, and Mortal Kombat was obviously one of the, the big games that everyone was excited about. And I love that game. And uh, and then when the when they ported it over to the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, but the Sega Genesis is what I had, it was one of the first games I had ever gotten uh, as like a Christmas gift. And so uh, I, I obviously was super happy to have it finally. Obviously... We weren't happy that the blood was removed until we found until uh well we I Sega Genesis so I know Super Nintendo you didn't have any of the blood, but on Sega Genesis all you had to do we found out about a couple weeks later was A B A C A B B and then you got all the blood (laughs) so so that was cool um but yeah Mortal Kombat's been a huge uh influence for me like growing up uh my my brother and my two cousins we would spend hours upon hours playing uh this game and every time there was a new installment mortal kombat 2 mortal kombat 3 we would devour it buy it play it for hours on end and i think we did that all the way up to mortal kombat armageddon which i can't even remember when that came out but i think it was around 2011 2012 but we were like uh might be earlier than that i'm not 100 percent sure but we were like every single mortal kombat game we would we would rent buy and just play for hours on end and then I think the last game that I bought, Mortal Kombat game I bought, was the reboot, Mortal Kombat 9, which I think was 2015. Uh, So for me, uh, obviously, seeing the evolution of the games throughout the different versions and obviously, um, you know, being a fan of the movies. I saw the movie when I was like nine years old. Um, My mom took me to see that and she was very happy that there was no blood in the movie. (laughs) So, uh, And so there was that. And then, um, yeah, I think all the way up to... I got really into the lore for for quite a while, like, you know, following that because every game they would expand on that. So definitely came from this as a big fan of the games and growing up with it. So For myself, I um, I had a friend who had a Mega Drive and I would go to his place and we would play stuff like Supersonic or Mortal Kombat. And uh, that's how I was introduced to the world. And then the movie came out, the first one, I remember watching it, uh, we rented it. And uh, I remember that theme song so well. I mean, this is, the theme song is half the value of that movie. Let's face it, it that, that movie is 
not great the fights are the, the actual combat in it is not great but the theme song really really good even when the action is not good the theme song is amazing uh, i saw annihilation as well when it came out terrible film great catchphrases with terrible film and then i watched um uh, i watched the web series I actually rewatched the web series this week just to to understand a little bit. And I remember when I was watching the web series, I'm like, oh, so um, Scorpion and Sub Zero hate each other. They're not like pals. They just because my back, my understanding of the world was really just the '95 movie. Um, and uh, when it comes to playing the game, so apart from back then when I was playing it with my friend, uh, my brother and I, some 15 years ago, I guess, we had Mortal Kombat 4 on PC. And we would play on one keyboard each uh, on two two sides of it, and we played that game a lot. Yeah, the the, the story for the first few games were was very vague. Like it, they would they would kind of change based on the character that you chose to play the game. There was a rivalry between Scorpion and Sub Zero, but again, it was only done with like little title cards if you were to play with those characters. So there was a rivalry. Uh, back then, but um, I remember the 1995 movie was it was huge at the time because everyone wanted to see it, and you know, and and obviously I understood why they were going to make it PG-13 because they're like we can't make it R. Everyone that wants to see it is like eight years old, so uh, I I completely understood that. But even then, like the film was pretty good in my opinion. For I still think it's one of my guilty pleasures. I still like the film. Yes, they they kind of butcher the 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 lore but at the same time they really only could go off the 1995 game that's all they really uh, 1992 game sorry they didn't really have much else to go off of so i think for that they did a pretty good job and yes it, it sucks that scorpion and sub-zero were reduced to henchmen but i remember seeing them coming um on screen for the first time like when they open the door and they walk out i as a kid i had chills i was like oh my god they're real <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear everyone's ratings, or at least everyone's thoughts on the movie first, because I am excited. So, I acknowledge, first of all, one, that if all you want from this movie is fighting and blood, you're going to get that. You can turn off your brain, have a fun time. This movie will provide that to some people. I am giving this movie a 4 out of 10, and I am being very generous with that rating because I acknowledge that you can have fun with this movie. Uh, however, um, I'm going to try and save most of my thoughts. Okay, so basically, I've watched this movie from kind of three perspectives. Okay, so the first perspective was from a diehard fan of the Mortal Kombat games. For me, this movie failed in all sorts of ways, from minor aspects like doing a normal fatality instead of the pit fatality when you're fighting over the pit, to questionable things like changing the rules of the tournament and underdeveloping the Scorpion Sub-Zero rivalry to like really stupid things like sidelining every single established Mortal Kombat character as either an exposition machine or a henchman to be killed off with the minutes of introducing them, which was one of the biggest flaws of Annihilation. This movie does the exact same thing. And all of that was so we could follow one of the worst protagonists in recent action film memory, Cole Young. The only thing this film does accurately to the games is really in its depiction of Raiden as a completely useless character. Leon, I know you can agree with me on that. That's not Christopher Lee. That's for sure. Uh, so perspective... 
Christopher Lambert. Uh, Lambert, Christopher sorry. Lambert. Yeah, but like in the games, Raiden is like the worst. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into that, but everyone knows that Raiden's the worst. And in this movie, he's pretty bad too. So anyways, uh, perspective number two. As an action film, this movie is complete trash. We live in an age of action films like The Raid, The Night Comes for Us, John Wick, Mission Impossible, Baby Driver... Uh, all of which had either a similar or significantly smaller budget than this one. There is no excuse for the action to be as lazy, poorly choreographed, and edited so horribly as it is here. There is not a single fight in this movie that can hold up to the fight scene from any uh, any fight scene from the original 1990 film in terms of choreography, and the fight scenes were cut like a Taken sequel. So did not work for me as an action film. And perspective number three, as a fan of cinema in general, this entire movie is a trailer for another movie. Nothing that happens in this movie matters. It does a terrible job of building its world. And worst of all, it suggests at the end that any character that died can and may return. So this whole movie could be retconned if they wanted it to. Rant over. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll go second and follow that up. Um, again, I, I will also speak from multiple perspectives. Uh, one, the Mortal Kombat fan. Uh, this movie did nothing to tell the story of Mortal, anything to do with Mortal Kombat. Like, at this point, you might as well just name it something else. But the, the, watching this movie was like, if it had come out in 1995, when the, original games are just like here we have a little booklet of eight pages here's what you need to know then you can do whatever you want um but this one's like hey we have 23 years of lore and history um how do you tell those stories in a live action construct and if you fail to do that then don't call it mortal Kombat. call it something else demon tournament from hell i don't know anything else so the only thing that this has to deal with mortal Kombat is legitimately the names of the characters and that's it. So from a Mortal Kombat fan, is it is, it's a straight, like, one. Um, as a... As a film fan, or action movie fan, I should say, um, I have to agree with Ed. There is no excuse for some of the lazy fighting and in this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. All of the people in this movie are martial artists. I can see when they are fighting that they actually have skill. And you can see that they have training and they know what they're doing, but the way it was choreographed, the way that it was it was used as cinematography was wasted, right? Like you have, uh, what's his name from the raid? And I'm like, hey, he's been told, slow down, the camera can't catch you, which is because he's so good at what he does. And he's being compared to like Bruce Lee in film and all this fun stuff. And then I watch this movie and I'm like, you went from being like someone who has the ability to do this to someone who doesn't know how to use that ability correctly. And thus you've gone up with these sloppy motion fight scenes and whatever. Um, and my third perspective as kind of just like in the middle of both i would i look at this movie and i'm like it it's not i got bored if this movie was just the first seven minutes of the film cool i'd be like this is all right this is a good movie seven minutes sub-zero shows up scorpion shows up whole battle one of them dies movie done fine but no i got 
a whole bunch of exposition from characters I don't care about. I got a whole bunch of stupid plot points that made no sense in the long run. I got a bunch of, uh, what you say, Easter eggs or for the video game fans that literally did nothing for the movie. So if I'm not, if I'm watching this movie and I'm like, if I don't know the video games, then I shrug my shoulders and I'm like, I guess. But when you know that the history between Scorpion and Sub-Zero and the Elder Gods and is it, uh, what's his name? Quinn, not Quine, Quang, whatever the guy's name is. The Wind God that- Quan Chi? Yeah. Quan Chi. That tricks, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And then you have an element where Kano picks up his necklace and they say, put that down. I was like, okay, that means someone clearly understood what that necklace meant for the lore and actively decided it doesn't matter. So why did you put the necklace in, buddy? Why did you direct it that way? Movies are pieces, hot, steaming, action movie garbage. And I think the last thing I'll say is that the problem is that there's no goons in this action movie. And I think having goons allows choreography to work correctly when going from like point A to point B like a video game. So my final score is like a three. What do you mean by goons? Um, like so like disposable henchmen. Yeah, like disposable oh, goons. henchmen. So most I was like goons. Were... What are goons? Oh, goons. Goons. Like goons. Like you have, oh, okay, you have okay. like, think of it like a video game, right? You get your powers. You have like people you have to beat to get to the boss. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get it now. I just misheard what you said. Yeah. So like action movies, action movies need that. Uh, because it shows that a progression of, you know, people skills. And the last thing I'll say is that like the fight scenes aren't, um, they aren't scripted, should I say? Like normally you have like your high, your low and your high, and then you have a battle, right? So you have like, you know, someone super strong and they're fighting and then all of a sudden they get like kneecapped and then they're weaker. And then the other person on the fence comes after them and then it switches back and they win the fight, right? So you even have... John Wick, he'll be shooting four people or whatever, and then he'll run out of ammo and someone will shoot him and he'll have to take cover. And you're like, oh, John Wick's weaker now. And then you'll find a gun and be like, John Wick's stronger now. And then they scripted out those fight, those fight scenes to have like, you know, climactic story arcs. And none of these movies, or this movie, had none of those things. And therefore, disappointing. So, yeah. Uh, three out of... 2.8. 2.8 out of 10. What? <laughs> Because it, it needs to have the two. It needs to have the two in front of there. It needs to have the two in front of there. Lots of you go. Oh, okay. Adil wants to go last. Okay. All right. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> oh, I I had a good time. I was like, it's most. I think it's your fault actually. I think it's both your faults. Um, because what happened? <laughs> no, I swear. Because what happened was, I was going into this movie with just a general expectation, like, okay, the trailer looks good, whatever. People were saying it was bad, or like, whatever. And then you guys said it was terrible, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm about to watch it. I got your opinions on it, whatever. So my expectations were lowered quite a bit. And my expectations, and this rose above those expectations because I actually had a great time watching this movie. Um, I liked the main character. Um, he could be stronger, of course. Like, see, now I'm making Leon mad, but this is great. Um, it is, okay, it is truly wonderful. I do like the main character. I like how he was built up. He, I, he is not like the most charismatic. I'll admit that, but something about him that I really enjoyed. One, um, something that annoys me in a lot of like action movies and movies in general is when a character has a, like he, when it, when the character is, doesn't know what he wants and, or doesn't have a motivation 
and when a character is being forced into a very lazy romance. Neither of which happens here because he's got a daughter and a, and a, and um and a wife who he loves. Um, he's like he ha- and one of the other things that I really like about him and his family is also what I like about the beginning of this movie, which is that when shit goes down. They don't question anything. They're like, oh my God, like, oh my God, this horrible thing is happening. Just get in the car, get in the car. It's like, they don't question it. They're like, what the fuck is happening? They get in the car. When the guy says, get in the car again, I'm going to fight this guy. They're like, okay, cool. And then they just drive away. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) in so many movies, it annoys me when it's like, you know, I get it that people would normally be very skeptical of a moment like this, but it it also slows down the scene. Whereas in this one, the both, both him, his wife and the kid, they're like, oh, shit's going down. Let's go. <laughs> like they just get into it. And it's like so refreshing to see because it's like it, it's it's not a normal reaction. And it's not, but it's so fun. It's so hilarious when you look at it that way. And throughout the movie, knowing it was gonna be bad, I found it truly entertaining and I also found it like comedic in ways that were actually intended. Like I found Kano really funny. I found like their 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 banter really funny. I found it when they were like um when they were mocking each other, quite funny. Like, and I like the characters because like visually they're unique. And I thought that each of them had a fairly like distinct personality and the fights. I, yeah, the fights weren't that good. So what I would say is some of the fights were actually well, like some of the fights were choreographed um, competently, but the editing was really bad. Like the cut, the editing, I feel like in certain places, if you just let the fight, let the action go, have the camera panning around them, everything, it would have done well. Uh, I think one of, I think there are certain parts of each fight that work really well. Like I remember um, near the final fight, there's a scene where like this guy, like um, where the main character he like spins around like on the like on underneath and like it's it's I think that um it could do better, but I don't think it's like quite as bad as all like I think there are elements of it that I would want to improve on, but it wasn't distractingly bad. Like I don't think the fight scenes were so bad that I they were unwatchable. I think they were like flawed. And I think that's like this movie, it's not so bad it's good. It's not so bad it's unwatchable. It's somewhere in the, uh, for me, it's somewhere in the mediocre, but entertaining and um, with a really good, like, I love the costume design. I love, like, all of the visual, the VFX were fantastic. Like, even if certain directions needed to be edited a little bit, like, the VFX work was fantastic. The, the, um, what do you call it? The, oh, I forgot the word. The, um, when they kill. Production design? Yeah, when they kill somebody. The the fatalities were like done really well in terms of like the animation and just like the the animation and like the the effects and the sound effects and everything. I think that this movie was it it ran really fast. The pacing had an issue, but like in a way where it's almost distractingly fast so that you don't notice that there are certain that that it, it's not a very like it's kind of um a shoddy shoddy story, but in a way where I got I was entertained the whole time. So my take on this is that I don't have a rating, obviously, but I had fun with this movie. It wasn't the kind of movie that I wanted to stop watching. And I'm actually excited for the next movie um, because, yeah, like I like the characters. Like I, I don't know, like people, and obviously it might be because I don't have like a Mortal Kombat knowledge. It's probably 
primarily because I don't have Mortal Kombat knowledge. So I just come into this fresh, not knowing any of the characters or their relevance or their significance and kind of just going by how they're played or how they're scripted or how they interact with each other. And I had a good time. Uh, it's it's a movie where it's I don't think it's a, a great movie. I think it's a good like it's good in terms of like enjoyable and if you look I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score and I think the best explanation for this is that you have the critics um, score at like I mean Ed's gonna go over this later but I kind of just want to mention it this is how I feel about this movie critics have it at about 50 something which is not bad like it's it's a little over middling like a little over middling but the audience score was 85 and I'm like same I feel that I feel that depends on where you look at audience score rotten tomatoes is the most unreliable of that I, because yeah, on, letter, they cut it on letterboxd it has a 2.6 um out of five and i'm and we'll, we'll, we'll go up yeah, we'll go yeah, after that i think i, I mean to be fair sure. with rotten tomatoes it's like if you liked it or hated it and it's not like a, it's not like an actual scoring is the thing so it's yeah, yeah. especially yeah. especially now because you have to verify that you've seen the movie mm-hmm. that's true so but yeah before the, anyway the score ideal counts, thoughts so. uh I'm I I'm with you, Mati. I same. I think it's a mediocre but very entertaining yes. film. I had a lot of fun watching it, and um, I'm not going to defend a lot of the choices that they made in there. I think it should have had a different protagonist. Not because I don't like Cole Young. I I actually find him very likable, <laughs> but I think his story overall is not as interesting as if if the movie had been around Sonia with the same story, with the same plot. But if Sonia had been the folk. The focus because Sonia has a complete arc, which is a more interesting one than than Cole's in there. The most boring parts of the movie for me involved Sub Zero and Scorpion. Uh, sorry, not Sub not Sub Zero himself, Sub Zero and Scorpion. So the thirteen minute intro and the final battle, because I think Scorpion should not have been in this movie. He's the, like even the fight at the beginning had me bored just because it ran for too long and. Uh, we're gonna talk about that a little it's more. Like a different movie. That said, yeah, me too. I went into this film thinking I was gonna watch a total garbage of a movie. I also rewatched Mortal Kombat uh, Annihilation just to prepare for the level of mediocrity that I could be experiencing. But I was pleasantly surprised in many ways. I think, uh, yeah, as you said, the visual effects are very interesting. I disagree with you guys when you say that all the back, all, all the fights are bad throughout i think the the fights in the original ones were kind of boring it was just kicking and punching and that's it in this one i think it was creative in some of them some of them most of them maybe not great none of them the the movie in itself in in overall is not great in its fight scenes i wouldn't qualify it as a kung fu movie or whatever but there are some fights especially the reptile one (laughs) i thought was a lot of fun uh and very creative um yeah and uh i think there are ways to improve on this film i gave it uh six out of ten that's my rating for the the 1995 one same same so um so yeah we're divided in half we have like half i mean we all understand it's not a great movie yeah, that's basically like I don't I don't think it's a great movie. Nobody nobody's saying it's like more quality than it is, but I do think that me and Adil had a great time with it and liked the characters more than you guys did. <laughs> well, I think I no, I'm glad that you did 
because like I, I, I did want to preface that before I go into the summary that I don't think any of the actors in the film are bad. I think they're all great. I actually like Lewis Tan a lot. I don't think that he did anything bad in the movie. I think the script let him down. Um, but I think that he as an actor, like I like him in, in everything that I've seen him in. And same thing with, with the other actors. I think they did their best with what they were given. Um, so I'm glad that you guys like the characters because I love all the characters in Mortal Kombat. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, so we'll, let me just get into the summary. Uh, someone time me because I'm hoping that this is under on two minutes or less. All right. Hoping, uh, I got I'm gonna, I'm, Whatever. Okay, I'm going to try and go, go through this as fast as I can. Okay. All right. So... Uh, Mortal Kombat opens in 17th century Japan, where a ninja from the Shirai Ryu clan named Hanzo Hasashi and his family are brutally murdered by Bihan, a member of the Lin Kuei arrival clan. As Hanzo is left to essentially bleed to death, Hanzo hears the cries of his newborn child, who is still alive and had been successfully hidden from Bihan by Hanzo's wife. Hanzo dies and his body burns. Shortly after, Raiden, the god of thunder, appears and takes Hanzo's child to safety. The Mortal Kombat titles appear, followed by a text intro explaining that Earthrealm has lost 9 out of 10 tournaments of Mortal Kombat to a vicious and horrible place called Outworld. Should they lose the 10th tournament, Outworld will conquer and enslave Earth, but there is a prophecy that exists where one of Hanzo's descendants will lead Earth to victory in the last tournament. The film opens on Cole Young, a washed-up MMA fighter who takes cheap exhibition fights for easy money, win or lose. At one of these fights, Cole meets Jax, who asks about a dragon marking on his chest. Uh, Cole's daughter says to Jax that it's his birthmark. Meanwhile, in Outworld, Shang Tsung has a meeting with Bihan, now going by the name Sub-Zero, and states his intention to send assassins to kill all of Earth's chosen champions before the tournament begins. Sub-Zero is to murder Cole, as he is the descendant of Hanzo Hasashi. While Cole is out to dinner with his wife and daughter, Sub-Zero attacks him but is intercepted by Jax. Jax tells Cole to head to Gary, Indiana, of all places, to seek refuge with his partner Sonya Blade. Cole gets his family to safety and leaves to meet Sonya, while Jack squares off with Sub-Zero, and unfortunately for him, he is no match as he is left for dead with both of his arms ripped off. Sonya explains to Cole that his birthmark actually means he has been chosen to defend Earth in Mortal Kombat, and that anyone who kills someone with this mark will have it transferred to them. She has one of the chosen champions in her custody, Kano, who is also a murderous thug for the Black Dragon clan. It is revealed that an ancient temple might hold the key to understanding more, and Kano happens to know where that temple is. Before they leave to find the temple, one of Shang Tsung's assassins, Reptile, attacks them, but he is quickly dispatched by Sonya and Kano. Upon arriving at the temple, Cole, Sonya, and Kano meet Liu Kang, Raiden, and Kung Lao, who are prepared to help train them to unleash their arcana, which is essentially their inner superpower, which is crucial for them to use against Outworld's warriors. Sonya does not have the dragon mark and has not been chosen, therefore she is not allowed to practice. She does, however, however, find Jax in the temple, who has been recovered by Liu Kang, and monks are trying to install metal arms that he will be able to control. Shang Tsung again tries to kill Earth's fighters at the temple. This time, Raiden intervenes and covers the temple in an, in an electric bubble that Shang Tsung cannot penetrate through. Enraged, Shang Tsung enlists the help of Cabal, also a member of the Black Dragon, to convince Kano to betray the Earth fighters from inside the temple. Kano agrees to do this, and a battle ensues, and Kung Lao is murdered by Shang Tsung, but Raiden is able to teleport the rest of Earth's fighters, who have all unlocked their arcana except for Sonya, to a dimensional plane called the Void, where Shang Tsung and Outworld cannot harm him. It's never explained why Raiden couldn't have just taken them all into this void in the first place to train when he learned what Shang Tsung was doing, but nevertheless, 
Cole decides that they should go back and fight Outworld's assassins one-on-one. In this, Jax fights Reiko, Sonya fights Kano, where her victory gets her both the Dragon Mark and her Arcana, Liu Kang fights Cabal, and Cole fights Melina. After Outworld is defeated, Sub-Zero shows up, telling Cole that he has frozen his family to death. Cole follows Sub-Zero through a portal into a gym that has been frozen over. He sees his wife and daughter frozen, but not dead. In the fight against Sub-Zero, Cole is able to release uh, the ghost of Hanzo Hasashi from Hell, who now goes by the name of Scorpion. Scorpion fights Sub-Zero and gets his revenge by murdering Sub-Zero with the character's signature flame fatality. In the end, Cole saves his family, Scorpion crosses over to the spiritual plane, and the rest of Earth's fighters leave to recruit more fighters for the tournament. Cole, particularly, heads off to Hollywood to recruit action superstar Johnny Cage. Exactly yep. four minutes on the dot. Pretty good. Wow. It's fine. Like, so not it, two it, minutes. It was a very <laughs> like, short I tried. and sweet um, explanation for the entire movie. <laughs> Here, here's the thing, Motsi. This is why I know that on a, on a deep level... You both enjoy this movie and agree with everything me and Ed said. Because yeah, as I'm he's like going through the monologue, I'm looking at your off. face and you're no, realizing, I'm not realizing how it. ridiculous. I, that's why I love it. It's like I watched this Sorry. movie as half a comedy and that's why I had a great time. <laughs> right? This so, movie is... Like we said, right? Yeah. We, we appreciate the fact that it's yeah, mediocre th- and entertaining. I think this is what I meant by the beginning, because I'm like, you can watch this movie and be entertained by it by a, as mm-hmm. a flawed action film. I think for me, and, and again, I can only speak for myself because I don't know what... I think the problem is coming in, one, as a Mortal Kombat fan, two, as an action film fan, and three, as a film fan, because knowing Mortal Kombat, knowing how, how big it is in the video game world or how much of an influence it had on video games, it was the gold standard for martial arts in North America for like a long time. Like, peop- like when you thought about mar- martial arts, it was Mortal Kombat that you thought of in the 90s. And so like now that action filmmaking is at a point where you know the night where like we've moved beyond the 1995 film we can we can do action properly we can do we can do a lot with a small budget that's kind of where i'm at is that i know what the potential of this movie could have been and what we got feels like a first time director that didn't fully understand how to make it great did and that's 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 my problem with it that's why i'm a little harsher on it than i think most people casual people are and that's that's like again like for me it's actually more like a two, but I uh, I'm I'm trying to be generous and saying I don't see the value that as an fil- action film fan that this film provides, but I can see that there is some fun to be had. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think for me it's like the opposite, right? Because it's I I find it very enjoyable. So in terms of enjoyability, I give it more of an eight maybe. But I'm I'm trying to be as uh, unbiased and as objective, and I do see a lot of flaws in this film and. I think that this movie is like it, this movie is interesting because there are a lot of movies that are better objectively that I hate or I dislike or I don't have fun with. Like an example would be Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just made everyone. I made a deal spit take. No, um, 
I I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that in many small ways, it gets things weirdly right that a lot of better action movies don't. It's a weird thing. Like there are things this 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 movie fails at at a basic level that I understand why you hate it or I understand why it's like a mediocre movie, which I acknowledge. But then there are small things that other movies do that have annoyed me to no end for years and years that this movie does not do. Which is so mind-boggling to me because it sidesteps the good that it should have been doing, and then stop, like kind of almost knowingly does good with things that other movies have failed to. So one of those things is like the romance as- aspect. They completely just wipe that out with like a family he already loves. Um, I really don't like when um, like the the personalities they have are so unusual. Like the family just kind of, they're not, the, the family isn't passive. Like the in that one scene where the wife just like, fuck this and then picks up an axe and like starts like chopping at this big forearm dude just to save her, her husband. It's like, wow, I like this. I like this lady. She's barely in the movie, but like whenever she's on in the movie, you understand why they're in love. And then you also have this lovely little relationship he has with his kid, which feels like genuine because of the way he is with her, which is also why I like this character. And then you have other elements, like, for example, like, just (laughs) Kano's hilarious. Kano's great. He's just so entertaining. And, like, he plays off the other character. There, definitely, if he wasn't there, like, I would not enjoy it half as much. Everyone's kind of, like, a little too agreeable, to be fair. But when you have a character like this, it, it, it kind of lets the other people shine in the way that they, he's, he's like the, he's the, um, he's, yeah, he, not just a comic relief. He also like he's the instigator of things. Like he's an, a total and complete and utter and colorful asshole. And the other characters who are more like noble and chi- like heroic and chill have such varying degrees of like reaction to him that make them more enjoyable to watch. And then you have like um, there's something I hate in certain movies, in action movies, called the girl fight. <laughs> So it does one girl fight, and I was like, dang, I'm getting annoyed. Like, the girl fight is basically when you have characters who are all very good at fighting, and then you just kind of have the two girls fight each other because, you know, whatever, girl fight. But then they kind of flip it on their head when it's like, oh, at the end, it's not a girl fight. It's literally like the two characters who are meant to fight each other because it's been built up since the beginning of the movie. So small things like that, like, it's, it's really fascinating to have, like, um, these moments where I expect a character to do something because it's an action movie, um, like uh, Norm, and they don't do it. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm having a good time. This is great. So it's this movie does a lot of thing, weird things right. Like it does a lot of weird things right that you wouldn't expect. Um, but again, <laughs> as much as I will praise this movie for like getting certain things not to, to not annoy me, it's not a great movie, but... <laughs> I have to like put that disclaimer. I think, but I have such enthusiasm for this movie. I think my problem, I think my problem with this movie before we get into the, the actual layout, is that I way too often, like even through for an action movie, way too often asked myself why, <laughs> why is this happening? Why is this person here? Why is that. this person important? Why doesn't she just do this? Why doesn't he just do this? Why did one second one dude was like, they can't know that we're invading the their people. And then why did they ask them, hey, we're just going to show up at the dude's house. Like, like, you ask your question why so much that it just removed me from any sense of action.
Yeah, and I think the prologue, uh, just segue into that, I think the prologue for this movie does the exact opposite of what Wolfwalkers did, the prologue for Wolfwalkers did yep. for that movie. This movie sets up a completely different conflict that is never followed up never, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the beginning and end of the that movie. That is so, like, I don't understand what the thinking of that. First of all, one, they didn't even set it up properly because, if again, if you're not familiar with the games, who the hell is the Lin Kui and who is the Shirai Ryu? Why are they at war? Why are they fighting? Why Why did he feel the need to kill off his entire family? Like, Sub-Zero or Behan feel the need to kill off his entire family. They give it in one line, oh, your entire clan has been killed now by me. So, again, a Mortal Kombat fan understands or would have understood the rivalry, like, and how much is actually in there. If you've watched Scorpion's Revenge, you would see a lot more of that. However, even on a basic level where it's an action movie level, it's like, well, why, why is this happening? Like, it never, it never explains that. And also... The, the reasoning that they give to put the prologue there, like, you know, the fact that it's like Cole Young will be a descendant of, of, of Scorpion. It's never even followed up on. Like, there's no, like, they don't, and like, they, like, there's questions that I would have throughout the movie relating back to this prologue, like, like things like, well, if Raiden had the child, has the child, then how did, you know, in 400 years, you go from the temple to South Chicago where Cole Young is born. Like, what happened there? Did any of Cole's ancestors fight in previous Mortal Kombat tournaments? And if that was the case, how did, again, where did the lineage kind of fall off? Where Cole knows nothing about anything. Like, none of that is ever explored throughout the film. So the fact that this prologue is even there, yes, it feels like it's from a different movie. Yeah. Like, Adele, I 100% agree with you when you said Scorpion shouldn't be in this movie. Don't get me wrong. As a Mortal Kombat fan... I like Scorpion. You can't have a Mortal Kombat movie without Scorpion Sub-Zero. So you have to figure out how to get them in there. I feel like this movie bookended it in like the weirdest way. But why not? Though? Why, why can't you have a Mortal Kombat movie? That's exactly Because what they're I'm so saying. iconic. The That's characters like, are so iconic. Don't call it Mortal Kombat. No, I you think could. I you mean, still you could can. have them in the sequel or something. Yeah, I think this movie like makes a lot of decisions. No, I think this movie makes a lot of decisions where you ask why, and then you can answer that question even if it's not the best decision. Which <laughs> I, I mean, it's like it's like it's not that there's no mystery why they have Scorpion and Sub Zero in this movie. Yeah. Even if pers- even if you could say that this movie would have been way better, or at least would have been more more like consistent if they didn't have them. But you know the answer to that, and I think that's like this movie frustrates me just less than you guys just because that's kind of like what I've no like what I notice about the movie. When I ask myself like why? And then I'm like, well, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. You're here for the fight scenes and you're that, here for the That's the thing though. Which is that's fine. the thing. More no, well, it is fine, but that's the thing. Mortal Kombat has a lot more to offer than just fight scenes. Mainstream people talk about that's all that it is, is the gore because the gore got overshadowed by it. But there's a lot of backstory to the rivalry. And the film doesn't even remotely touch on it. That's totally fair. I think, I think like, I think what's, um, I definitely want more of this, honestly. Like, so I think both of us on either side, whether we, whether we hate the movie or or like it, it's, I think that we can all agree that the Mortal Kombat universe has more to offer. And I think on my end, I'm more enthusiastic about seeing what comes next. And on your end, you're, you're more enthusiastic of seeing stuff that wasn't explored properly be explored properly. So well, that, and that's the thing. Like, if the sequel is gonna like, the, like I said, this whole movie is setting up a sequel, and I'm okay with I'm okay with seeing that sequel. Like, I will go watch that sequel. Um, but the thing is, like, so much of this movie isn't gonna matter because the whole concept of Mortal Kombat is the tournament. So it's like 
that movie now will have to set up a completely new protagonist in Johnny Cage. So you're going to have him follow him getting introduced to the world of the tournament, which means what was the point of this first film? Like it didn't like if they're building more movies, if they want to do like a trilogy or multiple movies, it almost makes no sense to start it this way. The big problem with the prologue is that, uh, as you said, it's it it's 13 minutes long, by the way, not seven minutes long, which is more than 10 percent of the film. And it pretty much sets up the movie as uh, Scorpion's movie, as Scorpion's story, as like Scorpion is going to be the protagonist. And then we completely forget about him until the last 10 minutes of the movie, which is uh, bad storytelling. <laughs> to be very objective yes. about it it's uh maybe they should have started it like as cole's dream or something if they wanted to set him up like that or maybe he sees something because i know what they're trying to set up they're, they're trying to set up the fact that cole is going to be the the chosen one in this case which is refreshing to see an asian man as a chosen one for a change mm-hmm. but also to set up the ending when um sub-zero put uh, freezes his family and you you have those images that are superimposed on, onto each other, and you, you know what the stakes really are at that point. But uh, to set it up like the way they did with a thirteen-minute prologue, it's not a good decision. Mm-hmm. That said, if you think um, my friend Levine, shout out to Levine who uh, auto uh, set up the podcast to auto download to his phone every week. Oh, um, yeah. So he has uh he didn't know the story of scorpion and sub-zero and he saw the actor playing sub scorpion and he said oh that's the hero of the movie and then 10 minutes later the guy dies and he was really really shocked by this (laughs) which is in a way subverting expectation i guess however it doesn't really follow through unfortunately but um yeah and and i think that the prologue um would have been fine if there was more focus on Cole's lineage throughout the film. Um, Because, well, I said everything about that, but I think that it would have made more, it would have been okay to bookend the film with that had Cole learned more about his family throughout the film. Because I think there's an identity crisis throughout the first, like, because first of all, one, it sets, it does the 13 minute intro, the title credits happen, and then it gives you another text intro yeah prologue text intro. to that set was... up other stuff and it's like okay that was the worst like i think that 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 was what made me expect a way worse movie i mean it is a bad movie but like it it, it made me expect way worse when i saw the text that i was just it didn't even like it didn't even like scroll or anything it literally just puts the text right there in front of you and then you're like okay uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then i forgot it immediately i don't remember what that text said and i yeah that was terrible yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like adil you're 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 absolutely right in saying that like that prolong for for the movie for looking at the entire thing of the movie prologue, that prologue that 13 minute 10 percent of the movie made no sense in i watched that prologue and before that text showed up i was just like okay cool this is the movie I'm going to get. I'm going to get a movie that happens, you know, 400 years in the past. Or I'm going to get a movie that, like, has this new character and his entire, you know, lineage is, is told to him. Or even if it opened up with his grandmother reading a storybook, being like, that was a story of a crazy ice dude that killed our family. Yay, walk away. Like, 
so I think I think this movie I think this movie failed in its essentially almost not an establishing shot, but like an establishment of what the audience would expect. Yeah. You know, I, I would say like as a as a plot mechanic, question mark. <laughs> as a plot mechanic, um the plotting in this movie is terrible. Like there's there's not really a plot in this movie, which is like and I will I'll describe it like this. Here's a good metaphor for this movie. So let's say you have a a sous chef. Let's say you have a very amazing sous chef and the sous chef is mechanical like they they do perfect work they make the most amazing multi-tiered cake that balances perfectly and like looks great that is a perfect movie whereas mortal Kombat, as a movie is like a person who makes a multi-flavored cake with different slices that looks terrible it looks that looks like it's not balanced or anything but when you take a slice of that cake you're like this is delicious or you take another slice of the cake you're like this is not that great and then you kind of like you're kind of you have a grab bag of very good parts in a cake that does not work as a full cake and i think that's like this movie (laughs) plot wise plot wise it fails plot wise it is a failure it's just that when you're being rushed from one moment to the next, it's it's not even a it's not a movie in the terms of structure. It's a, it's a moments film. It's yeah. like when you're being rushed to one moment from the next, you're like I'm kind of having fun here, or it's like you go on to the next one. Like yeah, yeah. I like these characters. You're having fun in each moment, but as a plot, it is not a plot. What yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and nothing can cake and one part of it was like a sponge cake, and then the next slice was <clears throat> cheesecake, and I'm just like <clears throat> the flavor combo between cheesecake <clears throat> and pound cake do not go well in my stomach. But I do like them individually. <laughs> some people are and like, like, ooh, I like well, the taste of cheesecake. Yeah, I like this, ooh, and I like I this, like the and I like this, and like that. And, like, I would say, like, I mean, visually, it, visually, like, in terms of just the, the production design and everything, that's what brings it together so it doesn't feel as disparate as it actually is. Yeah. Ed? Ed wants to go. Oh, no, no. Well, I was going to go back into Cole Young, you know, the setup <laughs> of that, which is absolutely horrible, the way they set up this character. And, like, we talk about plot, we talk about character motivations, needs, wants. Cole has none of them, which Facts. is why I can't stand this character. Facts. Because he, he shows up. First of all, he's not the greatest MMA fighter, but he's taking money. So right then and there, I'm like, okay, sure. And his family supports him. And they live in a trailer, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but he doesn't have any, like, he's so passive. Jeez. And and I can't take, a, like, a passive protagonist like that because, one, like, like he has no desire to know his back, his, like, his, his background or his heritage. Like, he's never questioned it. The film never sets up that question. Um, when... When he is attacked by Sub-Zero, he's immediately saved and thrown into a situation that he just kind of casually goes along with. Yes, his family was in danger, so he feels like he has to do that. But it's so reactionary to anything that I just feel like like that's why I immediately didn't care about this guy. It's it's like he does. They don't give you anything to to they, they take the they take the avatar of someone who's being introduced into a world too literally because again like there's nothing to identify with this guy he's literally the audience that gets thrust into the world and then he and then and then when he meets sonia which is i think around where act one kind of ends when when he meets sonia and kano and the reptile attack and they decide to move can you clarify that though because at one point i think it was Jax who was like go to gary indiana he is he give her an address 
He I doesn't remember. He doesn't give her an address. She just shows up. But what we assume, yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm whatever. That's fine. That's fine. He doesn't give her the address and whatnot. I'm okay with that. For why Gary, Indiana of all places, again. Yeah, whatever. that sounds like but, weird. That's that. Yeah. That, that stuck out weird. Yeah, exactly. But like, I understand that, like, you know, the 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 attack at Sub Zero, go into uh, find Sonia, and then them saying, okay, we need to find this place to be a part of this tournament. Excellent. I think that's a good where the inciting incident for act one would be um but like i said like even then it's all exposition dump from the point that he gets to indiana because all sonia did all the backstory that sonia did investigating the tur- the what the tournament is going after somebody else like you know capturing kano all of these things that it's are expensive. significantly more interesting than any of the first 20 minutes up to that point they they just they just spoon feed it to you so from and and i'm sorry the reptile fight i thought was crap like like i mean (laughs) and so the biggest no the biggest problem with the reptile fight hold on the biggest problem with the reptile fight that i had is the problem i have with almost every fight in this which is pg fight for 30 seconds really quick not even like enough time to get invested into the fight and then an r-rated fatality Yes, it was nice to see Kano's heart pull from because that is the fatality that he has from the game where he pulls the heart out of somebody, which was nice to see. But again, like it's it was it happened so fast, and the choreography up to that point was very it wasn't exciting at all. There was no room for the characters to like that's to for anything to feel like there was some kind of danger. And I was just like, okay, here's, whatever. Here's my problem with that fight. First of all, Kano. I will say it right now. Kano is the best part of this movie. One. Um, but yes. that fight, for me, I had the issue of the motivation of the person fighting. Right? So Reptile shows up and as an audience, we're like, oh, this thing's here to kill these people. And it has this whole stealth thing. It can go invisible and shoot acid and all these things. So immediately i'm like the motivation of this creature is to murder these things yet it'll go invisible to throw them become visible to cut their face and then go invisible to push them around and i'm like if i'm watching a fight scene why is this character fighting something if you're a monster act like a monster be invisible bite their face do something use your claws when you can't be seen the idea that someone scripted this fight scene for like exactly what ed said it was a pg fight scene where it's like oh no where is this guy huh i got thrown into a table oh no there he is i can see him now i got slashed in the face so i'm like why why wouldn't this monster who is sent to murder these things be people actually murder these people it's 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 resident evil rules exactly 100 exactly and 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 i'll bring up the cole versus goro fight later it's the same problem because because he punches because cole throws before he gets his arcana he throws punches at goro and because it's a cgi garbage creation he grabs goro uh goro will grab his arm and not break it when he's like five times his size, he just like blocks it out of the way. I'm like, you're here to kill it's, the guy. And, and so when I said when I said I liked the, the original for me was better. Even though the original fight scenes weren't great, I know they're not bad. Like, at least when they're like, we'll, you, we'll get to Goro eventually, but I'll use it as an example now. Goro shows up and Goro, who could easily murder Johnny Cage with 
without even thinking of it, they set it up in that movie that Goro is cocky as hell. They show him cracking his knuckles. They show him at the table laughing. They so when Goro's like fight Johnny Cage, he you already know as an audience that I'm like, oh, he's not just gonna murder him. He's gonna play around because he's arrogant. He's like, huh, what is this? You brought this human to fight me. I'm joking around, blah, 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 blah. And they set that <clears throat> up in the character that reflected how that character was fighting. And then you watch this movie, and A, if, if you have, if you have a character setup that shows the character being arrogant or cocky or, you know, intelligent or witty or however you want to fight, their personality traits are not reflected in the way that they fight. Which is, for me, looking at a fight scene is ridiculous. Why do you think John Wick shoots people in the face all the time? Because it shows that he wants to A, take them out as quickly as possible, and B, that he has an absolute, I guess, ability to shoot with extreme marksmanship. So you know that the personality of John Wick is someone who is both serious and ends situations quickly. So he shoots everyone in the face. The fact that these fight scenes, all of them throughout the movie, especially, I guess, the reptile Kano one, all of the character personalities are removed from those fight scenes. And it bugs me because I want to see a fight scene that actually shows the characters fighting, not just people moving around and throwing fists in the air. This movie sets up the fact that this tournament in what it designed to do is that, hey, we've established in this movie that this tournament is how other world realms control other worlds. Mm -hmm. And then... 15 minutes later, the movie decides that we don't need this tournament to take over other worlds. So the entire concept of the movie has been thrown out of the window by its own plot devices. They're just like, we need this. The fact that you even have an elder god who is just like, well, my job is to make sure everything's fair. Well, everything's not fair. So... Oh, well. And I'm like, Raiden, what the hell? You're you, you have one job, Raiden. You have one job. Because clearly we, we're not introduced to any of the Elder Gods. Anybody else. All we know is that Raiden is here to both train the Earth Realm because it's his realm. It's probably why they've lost nine times in a row because Raiden sucks. <laughs> um, like, his job is to is to shepherd the warriors of Earth Realm to fight in the tournament. And then when he finds out that Outworld is then killing off his people, mm -hmm. uh, which he hasn't been doing anything for the past Yeah, he hasn't done anything about it. At all. Um, immediately, he's just like, well, you shouldn't do that. I'm going to bring you to a void where no one, you can't reach anyone. And then we're going to go fight your people one-on-one, -on -one, which is the exact opposite of the tournament, because you might as well have just fought them in the tournament and just <laughs> kept them in the void. But this movie, this movie basically constantly sets up an idea or a plot point or a mm -hmm. strategy or whatever you want to call it and then 15 minutes later throws it out the window and sets up a new idea or strategy and there's only like three characters that have some set of art like even if you look at Sonya Blade I'm gonna go fight Kano in my house she gets teleported back there in her house as a military person just shoot him in the face problem solved but, but why they're fighting face hand-to-hand, -hand, 
for no reason because Sonya, A, isn't a chosen fighter, B, was never trained by Raiden, C, has no reason to fight this man one-on-one -on -one when he can shoot a laser out of his eye. Show up at your house, pull out one of your shotguns, and shoot him in the chest. Like, that's what I'm saying. The motivation of these characters get thrown out of the window. But, uh, but that's uh, like saying that if uh, you're watching Home Alone, when when the Wet Bandits capture Kevin, they should beat the shit out of him. No, it's, it, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. You need to have if he, she just goes in there and shoots him, right. then it's it's not the same. But, it's not the same. That's yeah. not why you're there. That's my I, thing. I, that's my thing. Just because it's given the name Mortal Kombat, that doesn't give the movie an excuse to throw it out does, all the logical though. sense. In, so here's in, the thing. I'm just gonna like for me. I would be okay with this plot that they decide, like Shang Tsung trying to kill off, you know, interfere that way. I would have been okay with that. And I think it would have made far more sense if he just said, I want to kill Cole. Not the other tournaments, mm -hmm. just Cole. Because the movie sets up the pro it sets up with Sub-Zero and Scorpion. It sets up the ancestry. Then it tells you in the title credits, there's a prophecy. And the prophecy is that the Hanzo's descendant will defeat Shang Tsung or defeat will lead Earth to victory. So the problem isn't with all the fighters in the tournament. It's with one fighter. And it would make far more sense, both in the my understanding of the Mortal Kombat lore, which does not which any Earth fighter can 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 join. Uh Raiden and Liu Kang in the game do go to recruit people, but at the at the very uh core of it, it's that anyone can join. So if that's the case, even with the Arcana and all of that still added into the film, if Shang Tsung said, all I want to do is get rid of Cole, that is the only person we have to get rid of because he's the prophecy. The film by its own nature would have set up a more interesting conflict in having Sub-Zero try to kill Cole and Jax and Sonya coming to fight him. The movie could have been exactly the same and you would have been more invested in that conflict, yep. that they're just trying to go after Cole. Mm -hmm. And the film didn't do that. That's fair, yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's this movie is very flawed, and there are worse issues with it. Like for example, at some point, Raiden pretty much gives away Cole's identity to Shang Tsung and then walks away from them. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. There's dumb stuff in this film. There's very easily fixable stuff in this film. Yep. It nobody. I don't think neither Marty or I are denying that. <laughs> no, but I'm, ju I'm just trying to say like, within um, the plot, like this is how you could have fixed it. Here's because, the interesting like, the, thing. So, yeah. like, it, my consideration for you know, like just just from what they've given us in the film, like obviously there are a lot of dropped plot points, and this movie fails in so many ways at plot. But I will say that there is a certain point where he says, like, you know, I have a plan, and he doesn't have a plan. But then you bring in the fact that he can apparently bring people back for the next film and it makes you wonder like was the like obviously i might just be doing like my own theorizing it might not have been in their minds at all and it's a, it's that stupid but it's also possible that the idea was that his whole quote unquote plan quote unquote was like to see how strong these fighters were Obviously, that's just me be trying to be nice to the film. And, like, it's probably not the case. But the fact that he can bring these people back, um, presumably at the same level as they were, like, when they were fighting, is kind of, like, almost like, let's see. What's the, what's the risk here? What's, what, what, are we, what are we facing? Checking it out. Didn't work. 
go leave. So it was yeah. like that is a possibility. Obviously, if if it's not, if that's not his plan at all, and we find that out and see in, in the second film, then I'm just being too kind. But within the film itself, there is like almost there is a certain level of logic that I was able to follow that didn't like kind of stop the movie and make me think like, wait, what? And that kind of does happen, Monty. So like, there, well, kind of, kind of. There's a scene where Raiden is talking to Shang Tsung and um, Cole comes back and he's like, oh, thank you for helping my fighter find his arcana. And I'm just like, let me get this straight. Your job is to train these people. So as the guardian, you just said, all right, go ahead. If he dies, he dies. If he doesn't, he's fine. Like, so it's almost as if Raiden knew that killing all of his fighters was was the way to get them ready for the tournament and i'm like that is the worst you know it'd be really funny if in raiden's mind was like you know what if he dies and he didn't work out he has a daughter like raiden will be like well yeah. you know what this failed let's go get his daughter and see if she can do something <laughs> but this is a, and, and this is why when he's like when he's like well, we've we've lost mortal Kombat nine times in a row and i'm like well if your strategy is let's see if my fighter if Wait, i know that Raiden, one guy is Raiden cheating uses in the game right if, if, if your goal is to have you know yes Monty. then then yeah. they've done it, they've done it no i i said that i said yeah, that that's right. like the one thing that this film did properly is raid is a horrible character so i'm i'm watching this movie and i'm just like okay a raiden if your plan is to see if your fighters are ready by putting them into moral danger mortal danger then you've lost nine times in a time because you keep killing your fighters before they can train so i guess that makes sense um two you have you have cole you have this character who can has whatever arcana to take whatever beatings which isn't even tied to his whole actual personality arc like if you have the whole it, it setup kind of is like it's it's kind of weak but i will say it is because it was like it, it's it's set up very weakly but i will say it was set up which is that at the very beginning the guy says um, <laughs> fighting is attacking and defending not just going at it whatever whatever so it establishes very weakly but it does establish that that Cole is not good at defending, which is why at the end when he's a human shield, it's like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. It's not good, but it was established. I will say that it was established. Okay. Yeah, which is the the whole introduction of Cole is boring. I, it's kind of weak it's boring. It's even, even boring. The fight, even yeah, even the fight in the cage is is not that interesting. I know they're trying to set up the fact that he's he's got to work on something, which is not made very clear as you said Mati. yeah the, the the in that fight scene they don't yeah so what what leon said is that a lot of the fight scenes do not establish character i agree with that completely like certain fight scenes work but but very few of them apart from the scorpion and like sub-zero ones establish the kind of character like the character or skill of each character and in this case same thing like they don't show that he's bad at defending they don't show that so yeah that's another big flaw of the movie and even though they do try they don't try that hard, but they do try to establish that this is his weakness. So this is why his arcana is like in in like in it's opposite of that. But at the same time, I guess it does kind of. So here's the thing about Cole's story: it kind of works. 
not fully so many so many so many issues but like the fact that his whole thing grew from that little friendship bracelet of his daughter and the fact that his whole motivation as lacking as it was was to protect his family fit both in his arcane arcana showing up as a defensive one like um having having a knife and a what do you call it like a stick i forgot what the stick is called but like having those i don't get it but you know what um on some level it it kind of works but again this movie only kind of works <laughs> as a joke it also <laughs> works with uh his ancestors uh story too like if you interpose that those together because his his thing is about protecting his family but again as you said everything is is surface level in this film this this film doesn't go deep into pretty much anything it tries to do it's fun to watch on the surface that's why i think we enjoyed it so much but but it's it's only an hour 40 they could have added another half hour in there and actually explored a lot of those characters more including kung lai when he dies but i, I don't want jump ahead with that uh for the first act i think the only thing i wanted to add was that i think sub-zero is a very intimidating villain when when he shows up the way he's he's every time he shows up it's scary yes they filmed he... it like a horror movie which was really well done you know you have mm -hmm. like you know just like a shadow on the side and you have like icicles show up and i'm like okay you're 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 setting you're setting up this expectation of horror and dread that's going to show up through the use of cold which is fine cool i like how they did that but then sub-zero shows up in the streets and he's throwing icicles at people one of them hits a random bystander on the side of the street in the chest it's hilarious um but then the rest of them just kind of bounce off glass and like bounce off the car and i'm like okay you set you set Sub Zero up as menacing. He was the only menacing character in this film. At no point did I say, you know what, Sub Zero's not going to kill that person, or Sub Zero's going to stall in killing that person, or whatever. And the only time Sub Zero did kind of like stall in like the traditional villain sense was when he froze Jack's gun. And at that point, he already knew the battle was over. There wasn't any like, what's Jack's going to do? Are you going to punch this dude? He can make ice makes no sense so they they built this character to be designed in a way that he is menacing if you have a bad dude sub-zero is a bad dude every other character doesn't live up to that menacing when they come to bad people mm -hmm. right and it's 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 annoying because it's it this movie feels like it has the potential like it was like if you if you made Outworld feel like a bunch of horror movie villains being like we're manipulative, we're evil, we'll kill your children, which is something that villains I think should do on a regular basis. Um, it's it's you set this up and then all of a sudden you, you, they fall flat throughout out, and I'm like, because like Sub Zero had his powers in four hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. But the movie doesn't explain or, or try to write in or try to say, okay, well, 
was Sub-Zero always chosen by Outworld? Was he part of this thing? Who mm-hmm. knows? Leon, I will say that this is an issue that I think not only Mar- not only this movie is guilty of, but it is guilty of it. I will say that it's Resident Evil rules, if you guys have yes. seen Resident Evil 8. It's 100%. the, I have mm-hmm. him in my grasp. I could kill him right here. Let me put him through the the, the, seal, like the floor and I will come, at, come for him later. And that happens multiple times over the course of Resident Evil. And I think this happens here too, which is my only, like, the only reason I'm not frustrated with it, but I do understand it is very frustrating. But the only reason I'm not frustrated with it is because, like, yeah, like, I always think they're playing with their food, which is stupid, but it's happened in so many other narratives that I kind of just, you know, it's one of those things I accept. It's like, well, you just didn't kill him right off because that would kind of deflate drama, which I get it, like, it's stupid to do, but most action movies not all like the really good ones don't but like most action movies do it so whatever i'll 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 allow it um but yeah like so it is a real it it is annoying i agree with that and i understand Mm -hmm. why you feel that way and that's totally fair i just think that i've accepted it as a an action movie thing i guess that's true yeah yeah let's uh let's talk about the end of the movie um uh let's talk a little more about act two actually yeah okay fair enough so act act two right um First of all, Raiden's temple looked horrible. Like, it just it just looked like the like, so set design wise. <laughs> so did Outworld. Set design wise, the film, the production design is not great. Yeah, it looked it looked bad. Um, on a smaller scale, it was good. On a larger scale, like in terms of like background and like setting, not good. Like it's it's like this is good, this isn't. You know. Right. Mm. I think I think Kano was realistically the only good part of the entire second act, um, because. He, he he had an arc he had an arc of being like i'm a bad dude you freed me i got you here i have no motivation to help you sonya i have no motivation to help you Jax. i have no motivation to help you cole i don't care i just found out that i can shoot laser beams out of my face so you know what cool as a bad guy that made sense so when someone shows up cabal shows up and says yo join the bad side course he's gonna shrug his shoulders and say cool like there's no reason for him to have a oh no i should really help sonya blade because you know they tied me up 30 hours ago and then they threatened me and then she beat me in the desert i don't i don't care about these people i'm gonna join Speedman with hooks and i'm going to break down the shield so like kano saved the entire second act because he was the only character that i think was accidentally written properly he was consistent yeah, I mean, this is why Act Two for me doesn't work either. Is I really wish that they had played up on that because in 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 Act One, Cole and Sonia both saw the type of person Kano is, and that that dinner that dinner scene where Kung Lao and Liu Kang, at first you think they're trying to belittle him and make him like smaller than like you know put him in his place, and then you and then you realize oh they're just trying to they're taking this as an opportunity to awaken his arcana. I think there should have been at some point in time, again, to make Cole and Sonya useful because they don't do anything in the second act either. Um, they could have been like, hey, uh, do we want this guy on our team? Yeah. Sonya knows he's dangerous. She's He was in her captor uh, for like, you know, a while. And Cole doesn't seem to like him either. So it's like, you know, that could have easily been an extra layer of tension that could have that that could have easily helped elevate the second act to something to something else, you know. However, the the way like if you don't know anything about the character and you 
you don't know where who he really is in in the historically it feels like they're setting up one of those characters like a han solo kind of character like a rogue who's gonna at the end realize that these are his friends and he's gonna turn against the villain and that kind of thing because he, he's the guy everybody likes to pick on he's the guy who doesn't seem to fit but he's like the charming rogue who's gonna find his heart at the end of the film see i think that's so just if, your movie like your hold on hold on let a deal finish the thought because i want to i want to hear what he says hold on. yeah so it's it's a movie trope yeah absolutely it's a movie trope it's something that you ex you expect because you've seen it in so many movies including han solo to some extent right so at when he actually turns like he betrays them if you don't know anything it's kind of surprising I think that's your movie expertise. No, but I also like I I, I agree that that's the expect. I think that this movie does a good job of kind of subverting expectations, sometimes not on purpose, but like it's um, for me, I kind of it's both sensible yet un unexpected in the way that he kind of just decides, well, whatever, I'll just whatever. So it was like knowing his personality, but still expecting like, well, he's part of the team. Would he actually do that? Yes, he would. And I like that. I like that that was like uh, the decisions they make in terms of going from one moment to the next. Like I mentioned, the plot isn't very good, but the reason that I enjoyed it so much is because jumping from one moment to the next, it's like the decisions people make aren't that, like aren't, aren't so like, um, they're almost like they're surprising, but not insensible. Like there are certain characters who make decisions and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's it's not what you expected story-wise, but in terms of like Kano just betraying them, you're like, oh yeah, no, that that makes sense. It's um, the decisions each character makes feels like it, it, it. You can kind of pass through the story, and you're like, yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense for this guy, or that definitely makes sense for that guy. And I think that kind of character consistency even if the characters weren't that well written in some cases i think the characters overall were fairly consistent in the way they acted and the way they decided things so whenever they made a decision that moved the story along you're like oh yeah yeah see i think i think you're i think you're right and i think it's in this movie anyways it's kind of a problem so like Raiden shows up and he's like, yeah, Sonya, you don't have a mark. Kano's like, wah, wah, sucks for you. Um, and because Raiden, because Raiden, he does, I like, loved it. We don't, <laughs> you don't have a mark. You're unimportant in our story. And then for the rest of the act, they actively don't care about anything Sonya says or does. So it's just like, mm. you know what? Raiden is consistent. And I'm like, I don't know if that's consistent or the fact that like, the writers were just like, we have this character who wants to be a part of the in-group and no one listens to her because reasons. And then I'm like, well, you know what? It's true that Raiden wouldn't really care about Sonya being rocks thrown at her because she doesn't have a mark. And I'm like, is Ra is, is, is this how is Raiden, Raiden is, is ter Raiden's to terrible. I think the movie's trying to tell us. Raiden is well, actually then, okay. the worst. <laughs> and, and the whole, and the whole Sonya's arc with not having a dragon tattoo made uh, no sense to me. I feel like they were trying to do the whole aspect of like feminism and all that things. And I feel like they were trying to do that, but then also 
you realize that like Sonya's qualified. Sonya has all this fun stuff. Sonya is talking to Jack. Sonya knows what she's doing. She understands mm -hmm. fighting. She's the most capable one of this entire group outside of some magical power that they don't even know what it is. So the idea that the, the team is just like, yeah, sorry, you're useless. Let's ignore you for this entire act feels like it wasn't purposeful. It feels like it was um, accidentally correct in how that they would treat her. And that's the thing, because I think that if it were purposely done, I think they would have given her more to do and for a lot of that to be shrugged off. Mm -hmm. Because, like, yes, as a fan of the game, I know that Sonya was not given the dragon mark because she's going to fight Kano somewhere down the road of this movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everyone would know that. But at the same time, Sonya's arc is interesting because she doesn't have that arcana, that arcana. And she has that ability to understand that, hey, like, because there's a couple... The biggest thing with arc, the arcana that the second act kind of just completely doesn't make sense to me is the fact that like you know how are how is the archon how is the dragon mark being chosen who's choosing these these people is it the elder gods is it like a random thing and why is it only for earth people and not outward people like th that didn't really make sense to me and then when Liu kang talks about you know how he got his arcana by killing some like rapist human trafficker um so for me it's like okay so really the dragon mark doesn't have like it does it's not choosing people based on their skill like skill or their 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 humanity it's choosing people that could be horrible horrible people and poor representations of the human race which makes no sense to me it, the fact that kano got it yes kano killed someone to get it fine but again that didn't make any sense to me that sonia wouldn't even if she wouldn't have it that she has to get it that that's perfectly fine but it, it almost feels like this whole arcana thing is just arbitrary it is you know because yeah. what if you what if you get it but you have no intention of fighting what if you've never fought in your entire life you know and these are interesting ideas that the film never explores and they could have explored it had sonia been a, had they made sonia a little more vocal with the kano with her understanding of who kano is and been like hey this guy isn't a good guy. He's not on our side, you know. And oh, yeah. they could have played up on that, and they and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And and I agree, like like you know, there there you you could you because you like him so much, you kind of want him to stay on this side, which I understand what Adil was saying, and it kind of feels like an interesting subversion that he that he just so easily is 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 um converted to the other side. I uh, I think that's interesting, but I think it would have been even more interesting and more consistent had Cole and Sonya played a more active role in 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 opposing Kano while they're while they're training because like absolutely like, they're like, like said, in like, many you know. ways this movie could have been improved on that's not like in question and i think like yeah that that aspect could also have been improved on like we can explore more of the arcana either being passed down and or killed like somebody gets killed with it and it goes on to the next person who killed them which makes sense to me like on a, on that level just because it's mortal combat whatever what doesn't make sense to me and will i don't know if it'll come back in the second movie is if kano doesn't have his anymore why would they keep him around maybe they won't maybe they won't maybe yeah they won't that's that's him. the thing yeah, so right. we're going so going into the third act sorry go on the deal before you go sorry well, before we go to the first, uh, third act the dragon thing that you mentioned i think it's not it's not about worth i don't think it's about 
how good of a person you are or how likely you are to defend the the uh, the rights of earth or whatever it's more about Strong. how much of a killer mm-hmm. you are how much of a, a murderer you are because you're going to mortal combat right how able are you to take somebody's life which makes it i like the non chosen one aspect of it as in you weren't born with it you just stole it or you took it or or in you worked for it which means that the moment they go into the tournament all those people have already already killed which makes you a double o agent you need to kill yeah. people to be a double o mm. agent so there's that aspect to it and uh but i totally agree with you i think apart from kano the second act doesn't do anybody else a favor including cole who's the protagonist because none of them is really explored that interestingly none of them especially sonia who again i think should have been the protagonist as you said even the, in the first act her story is more interesting it would be very interesting to see her in the second act when she's the one who wants to be part of this but understands the higher purpose and maybe stays there to train them to do something like that and <clears throat> we learn more about her and we know we root for her in the end she takes that and it would have been I don't think also Leon that this was an attempt at woke feminism. The only reason that I don't think so is because they pretty much sideline her yeah, in the second I don't, half. I don't. Yeah. I didn't so see that. Either. Ironic. I didn't see I, that either. It was like um, her being yeah. a woman did for it, and it's like you see that because of um, other characters. You see that because of what's her name with the teeth. No, with the Nina, teeth. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's a non-issue. It really is like about um, the mark more than anything, and it is insensible. That uh, at first I thought that he got um, Luke Luke Kang is his name before he got the mark, but then mm-hmm. I remembered like mm-hmm. no 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 he killed somebody then they got him so that makes sense too and I think that it is it kind of is like contributing to the idea that Raiden's just terrible but um, he's just like yeah he only sees worth in people who have the mark which is like all right like which is why he doesn't give a shit when Cole's almost killed. Um, because he is under, he understands that if Cole is killed, either the mark is gone, so that's a non-issue, or um, or if he dies and like his like somehow the mark wasn't taken, then his daughter would have it, so he's he's fine. I feel yeah, I think Raiden is bad at his job, <laughs> but um, yeah, like yeah, shield goes down. He just doesn't decide to come back. He's like, oh, sorry, you yeah, got me after business hours. I know that so Cabal stupid. turned the shield down, yeah. but so 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 Mati in the games. Raiden makes these stupid decisions too, like all the time. I'm not gonna go into it, but like this is common Raiden like decision making. So here's the thing that I think, like you guys bring up a lot of points, which I agree with. But what I realize, the more points you bring up, the more I realize that this movie could never have done any of that. And I think that's no. Here's no. Here's why. No, but here's why. Because here you say. This we could have explored more with Sonya. We could have explored more with with Cole. We could have explored more with um, with Scorpion and um, and Sub Zero. We could have explored. These are move like if you had centered your idea, and they sh- never should have even tried to center it on Cole. Honestly, if you try to center your movie on mm-hmm. one character, you end up sidelining every single other character, and you have the same problem. This way, it's it's almost like they get mo like. In this movie of moments, each character gets their moment. They're not explored. They don't get a proper like character development to a point, except for like maybe a little bit of each character. But in that way, you kind of neutralize the movie's like like central like central character 
it's more like you do you, you they tried to do it with Cole, but it feels it feels half baked because they gave a little more attention to other characters as well. So I think this movie this movie could never have worked like in any way unless you were focusing specifically not on Mortal Kombat but on one character like let's say Scorpion, let's say Sub Zero, just these two, and then kind of like very gently like um, going to other like almost in a almost in a um, in a shared universe kind of way. I feel like the only way this would have worked in the way we are describing with a solid start, middle, finish, uh, one character, all the things that we understand for a good movie and plot is if you had centered it more on these characters rather than the whole tournament and make that tournament into almost an Avengers style film, like following, following a bunch of individual yes. storylines, but they could not, they did not do yes. that. They probably could not do that because people want because like wherever the money was going it had to be a mortal Kombat film so this movie oddly enough almost like it it's it's it works it works despite itself which i, I mean obviously in a lot of ways it doesn't for you guys and understandably it doesn't but for some reason it was still entertaining enough it was still it's still it didn't it it was so quick and i think it could have definitely like um could have definitely like um benefited from more time 30 minutes an hour but that's not really the movie they were making i will say it's like the solid movie we're thinking of we want mm. and we wish it was is not really the movie anyone could have achieved unless it was so, all about cold I, I think they could have I, th I think they could have easily just fixed it with a few like I, the mm. the thing is that what frustrates me about this movie is that these are easy fixes these are lines of dialogue these are a uh, focusing on one person for a little bit longer you know like for a few extra seconds to get their reaction to something like these are fixes that 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 really a, f uh, a 55 million dollar production by one of the biggest studios and arguably one of the better producers working today should not be making this is these are the these are the the the, the choices of a first-time filmmaker Unfortunately, like I, I, I think that they they meant well, but the script is 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 littered with these terrible lines that could have easily just been changed to say to to create more conflict, um, you know. And and like I said, like the third act, you know, because so much of what has happened up to this point. You know, it's basically they, they basically have the tournament in the third act where everyone's going to fight somebody. But the conflict that they that like this was perfect to build stakes for each one of these characters to fight somebody like Sonia and Kino kind of had that, but you could have done that with more like Liu Kang says fatality for Kung Lao against Cabal, who didn't kill Kung Lao. So <laughs> what like like the. It makes no sense. <laughs> um, no, so I like I like the third act. I mean, it's uh, in comparison to the second act and the first act. The first act I found kind of boring. Second act, you all mentioned the flaws. I liked the characters in the second act, so I enjoyed it. But uh, story-wise, nothing happened. Um, so it was really carried by my enjoyment of the characters and how they interacted with each other and maybe a little bit of the fighting. Um, third act was, I think, the most solid of all three, which is that because um, you kind of because, you know, whatever happened in the first and second act, 
it it does enough to justify what happens in the third act and like and, and it's kind of almost like throw it out the window like oh well we're i'm gonna bring you to every single like single combat like there's no reason for it but whatever like we're gonna have fun it's like they decided let's have fun and then they have the scene in the gym which is the only modicum of like like it's only acknowledgement this movie has that it maybe has a main character kind of but not really so you have that and you they establish that he can get the spirit of um hanzo to fight with him and you have that whole thing and even the fight like i think that was the best fight in the entire movie because of the way like they kind of choreographed and like it's somehow they found a way to like make some of the shots work make some of the action work the two against three um fight was pretty all right it's i think that this was a like this is why i left off the movie feeling pretty all right about like pretty great about it because like it did stick the landing in that way it wasn't like for a movie that was basically a mess like of moments that i enjoyed but weren't good the the finale kind of like at least brings it back to the prologue which felt weird but you know whatever it brings it back to the prologue it brings it back to the fact he loves his family it brings it back to like he has his power now so he can finally like get over that whole thing and you know it's like it's it's enjoyable in that way i think it's the most solid of all the three acts three acts question mark agreed for me um i like the third act up till we had scorpius (laughs) x machina because it's it's really out of nowhere at that point you had already we haven't been with that character for an for an hour we he just shows up very conveniently and and i didn't like the fact that they had they were two against one in the end which is uh, goes against mortal kombat which is a one-on-one thing and also uh goes against japanese <laughs> culture from what the limited knowledge that i know of you know if you go uh, with uh, the concept of honor and everything, two against one like that is. I found it. I found it interesting because of the way it was like they, it, they're cheating, so we'll cheat too in this way. But yeah, go on, Adil. Sorry. The, no, no, no. The, uh, that, that's all I want to say. So, it, it's. It, I, I didn't. Maybe if I rewatch when I rewatch the movie, I'm gonna like it yeah. more. But I'll say that part fed very fan service i'll to say me. one part that i appreciated and like the one thing i extremely appreciate this was the like a good 0.5 to 0.7 part of the actual scoring system in my mind was that when sub when scorpion is speaking chinese and sub-zero speaking japanese uh sub-zero or other way around other way around yeah um that they they didn't for the sake of the audience, have one of them speak in English. Like I liked I, I the idea of watching a movie and being like, this person has this culture, this person lives here. Normally, in every other action movie, they would literally have you know Sub Zero speak in Chinese and then have or Japanese or whatever, and then have the protagonist like speak in broken English to respond for the sake of the audience or vice versa. But you had an, an entire two scenes where it was just like. One person speaking in Chinese, the other one understands that's Chinese, responds in Japanese, that person understands Japanese, and they have a whole conversation without a care for the fact that the audience doesn't, like, 
necessarily have to make that English connection. I did appreciate I that too. And I will just clarify that it was a sub zero who could speak both Chinese and Japanese. Um, and the, the fact that um, the yes. fact that Hanzo slash Scorpion did not understand Chinese is also great because he's speaking to him in Japanese and he started right. and then, um, um, and then sub zero says something in Japanese and then he says something in Chinese and he's like, I don't get, I don't understand what you're saying. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then he switches and I was like, see, that makes sense. That, that for me is, is, is the, the root of character in a, in a movie. They literally said, this guy is from 400 years ago, lived in hell, did, didn't have the time to learn English. Yeah. They live in hell. Saying, Come over here. <laughs> for no reason but that you know what i get it like it's whatever they wanted that uh easter egg but it's also yeah a same thing like i appreciate with um him just speaking japanese cole and cole me like yeah all right because <laughs> because you can hear it sometimes that cole's yeah. accent kind of drops a little bit and you're like oh hey yeah so obviously he speaks another language um in this case it's japanese uh, because his that's his heritage so you, they don't stop to say like what like you know they don't stop to like try to translate anything or try to like say that oh he doesn't understand he's like he is of japanese descent and if somebody speaks japanese to him more than likely not always more than likely he'll understand it so whatever cool go Except he was an orphan. Yeah, so. well, you know what, whatever. Maybe he learned somehow <laughs> he's orphaned in Japan. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was an orphan <laughs> in Southside Chicago. So um, for me, the the low point of like Act 2 where we transition is the scene that made me check out of the film, which was when Raiden pulls them out of the temple and puts them in the void and says, oh, this is a spot that... Uh, I, that yeah, this is a spot where Shang Tsung and Outworld can't follow. So for me, again, my thing is like, wait, you knew about this place the whole time and you let listen, them stay listen. in the temple and get There's killed? There's no food in the void. Listen, Raiden. <laughs> You're totally right. I'm, I'm done with you, Raiden. I'm done with you. I'm done I'm with like this movie. Um, the fights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, at that point, I was checked out of the movie. Um, I kind of already made up my mind at that point. Um, but the fight scenes, again, like at that point, we're just going through fight scenes. I've talked about that already. I didn't feel that the fight scenes were particularly well done. Um, and so, so um, whatever. But the last fight with Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I did enjoy. Um, actually, there was one little Easter egg that I really enjoyed, which was Liu Kang <laughs> consistently sweeping Kano, which if you know the game, that is the way that you win with you when you're cheap and you button mash. That is like the easiest <laughs> way to beat somebody in the first game. But so I like that they added that. Um, similar in the in that fight, um, I really enjoyed the special moves that they had, like, you know, the the freeze, the freeze uh, man that Sub-Zero did, nice the get man. over here. Yep. All of that stuff. Loved it. Um, the the slicing of scorpion with the blood, freezing the blood, that, yeah. stabbing him with it, like all that stuff. I thought, yeah, that, that was all great. Um, the fatality, which is the, probably arguably the most iconic fatality in all of Mortal Kombat, which is the the, the toasty the scorpion. Mm -hmm. So uh, again, it looked great, looked way better than the 1995 <laughs> version. I can tell you that. <laughs> so uh, it 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 was great. Um, I just at that point, you know, that That's that fair. fight wasn't going to make up for the film for me. And and then obviously at the end when Shang is like, death is a is just a portal. So I'm like, okay, so basically anyone that died could essentially come back if you wanted to. And the last scene, which to me is the, probably the most sour note of the whole thing, was when Cole leaves to go get Johnny Cage, who is the Mortal Kombat avatar for the audience and always has been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it- yeah. So I would say that we all agree this movie wasn't good. I mean, I'll say I'll say it was. If if I say if I say good, yeah. great, amazing, it, it was fine. I would say it's good, like a, a step above terrible for me and Adele. Obviously, it was. Um, I think that parts of it were done very well. Parts of it were done okay. Many parts of it were done terribly. I get that. I think it didn't detract from my enjoyment of it. I think that a lot of people, if you go into this with an expectation that it'll be very bad, which is what these guys gave me, you'll you'll like it a lot more than <laughs> but, mm-hmm. like I think that that part yeah. that's part of the reason I enjoyed it so much because I had such a low bar and it kind of it jumped that bar with characters and actors who are um ag- against all odds quite compelling <laughs> for the small moments that they get to just hang out and just be there. So the fight scenes are um, the fight scenes we've seen better fight scenes we've seen worse fight scenes I think that the it's um, certain aspects of it certain parts of the fights do well I think the editing does it a disservice because the editing is very like it doesn't allow you to enjoy what like certain moments which are okay like the chore the choreography is pretty all right you can tell that these characters or these people have a level of like mastery in terms of like acting it out I think it would have been so much better I think this movie would have been so much better in many ways in like if they had put more thought into aspects that we've mentioned um overall like um I would like like I guess we'll go into the the reactions like the audience the critics and the audience reactions I think that's, that'll be fair I was looking through Rotten Tomatoes earlier on just to see the audience reactions and I am seeing like the exact same thing half of the people love it half of the people hate it and there is like the middle ground of people saying I had fun it's bad so it's like it's kind of like there this is definitely a very divisive movie I would say like I th- not in the fact that it's bad because people are like yeah it's pretty bad or it's pretty fine or whatever but bec- but in the way that people enjoyed it and i think i enjoyed it quite a lot yeah i mean like bef- like i can go into his box office and stuff but like my final thoughts is this is just blood yeah. sport and superpowers and uh okay. sometimes blood sports enjoyable when you watch it on cable tv on a Saturday, sunday at one in the morning with sean claude van damme screaming and you're like this is a great movie and sometimes when you want to see it well sometimes you want to see an action movie you're just <laughs> like you don't know. oh god why am i watching Bloodsport right now this is not a good movie so i feel like it just caught me on the side when i saw Bloodsport and was realized it was a bad movie but i didn't but will i eventually have to sit down with some friends and watch this movie and then all of us are going to roast it as it goes through Probably. Have fun. Have fun. I hope you have fun. Um, we'll go to Ed with the box office if Adil doesn't have anything to add. Um, do we? Are we doing closing? Yeah, just, do, just or... do your final thought, and I can go into the okay. box office. Sure. Uh, for myself, yeah, it's 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 a fine film. It's like a C plus. It's not bad. It's it's average on the enjoyable side, and um, uh, as I said, I would have preferred <laughs> to have a Sonya movie. Because I think, especially, I usually don't like Sonya. She's she's boring overall. In this movie, she's actually interesting for the first time ever. Uh, And there was potential there. But as Motsi said, this is not what they were trying to do. And I can't say that they, I can't say that they should be doing something that they were not trying to do. However, they should have probably uh, fleshed out Cole more, including some of the other characters. And... uh, yeah, probably a longer film add, as well, and a sorry, shorter prologue. 
and I'm yeah I, I, I am still interested in seeing what they do next because I'm I think this is just like a piece of the puzzle it's like the pilot episode of a TV series yeah and, I, th I feel like it's also like a pilot more interesting like, I enjoyed it enough I think they're it reminds me of the pilot of the Teen Wolf series which is terrible but um, it's but then the rest of yeah. it kind of works yeah, um the it kind of reminds me of when i watched a death note movie if you guys have ever watched a death note movie um it is it's um oh, i watched it it was it's bad yeah, but okay. i had so much fun with it because my the way i went into it was like there is okay. there's so much in it that that is entertaining to me and i think this movie does the same it's so entertaining to me i like the characters um yeah, yeah and it's like definitely it's it's the kind of movie where I'm like, watch it and decide. I won't say, like, clearly half of us think it's terrible and unwatchable and half of us think it's t t bad but great. So, I'd like it, so watch it and decide for yourself. Um, okay, so my final thought, I'll try to be brief, um, but I probably won't be. So, um, I, I don't, I, I hate this movie, um, but I understand why some people can like it, like both Adil and Motsi. Yeah, you can turn off your brain and have fun with this movie. Perfectly fine. Um, so the thing that I have is that the majority of people that like this movie fall along the lines of both of you. You're like, yeah, this movie is objectively a terrible movie, but I had fun with it. And I have a problem with that as a fan of Mortal Kombat, because again, there is, there is enough material to make a great movie. And the fact that the mainstream you know, media and, and most, and even the filmmakers of this film have treated this movie with essentially a casual, um, it's just an action movie, it's just for blood, you know, which is a big part of Mortal Kombat. I feel like that's a disservice to the fans because I do feel that this movie could, should have been more. Now, um, I'm not recommending that you watch the 1995 film. I don't think it's a particularly good movie. I like it more than this. It's not, It has a lot of the same problems, but the thing is, is that this film and the 1995 film are being treated as pretty much the same campy turn off your brain silly poorly made movies the 1995 film is that campy mortal combat it's that silly mortal combat with with fight scenes that are kind of that are, that are silly with silly music but at least it gave an arc to its characters a story it created a world that had um that had that respected the rules of its premise and this film does not. So we have that campy, silly film. This should have been the proper Mortal Kombat film, the film that would have elevated the video game genre and broken that mold and said, yes, video game movies can be mainstream and they can be great because there's a lot of greatness in the Mortal Kombat franchise. And again, I feel like this movie didn't do any of that. And at the bare minimum, bare minimum, the the film could have been exactly as it as it is. The story could have been just as bad if you had just had better fight scenes. Then I would actually be on your side and say, "Yeah, it's silly, but you know what? The fight scenes worked." And that's that's kind of my final thought. So, yeah. Um, for box office, okay. So Mortal Kombat was released on April twenty third, twenty twenty one, both theatrically and my on birthday. Warner Brothers streaming platform HBO Max. <laughs> Yay! Happy birthday! I did wish you happy birthday. Right? <laughs> Thank. Okay, yeah, good. good. <laughs> I can't remember uh, these things. 
Okay, okay. Um, on a budget of roughly $55 million, Mortal Kombat has so far grossed a worldwide total of $73 million. Uh, $38 million of that is coming from the domestic box office, so it is still in theaters. Um, it did have a really big drop second week, but that's more telling of people's reaction to going back to the theater than it does for the movie's actual um, appeal to mainstream audiences. Streaming success has yet to be determined be determined the film holds a 55 percent on rotten tomatoes out of 266 reviews and has an imdb score of 6.2 out of 93,000 users which is about 0.4 points more than the 1995 film uh i'll just read a couple uh reviews for you so bernard uh Bo, i think is how you say his last name sorry if i'm pronouncing that of from den of geek so he gives the film four and a half out of five and he says it's both a loving homage a loving homage to the arcade classics and a savage, devilishly fun martial arts flick. The film is actually so effective in the latter regard that it transcends the video game movie category completely. Um, How many mushrooms did that do? <laughs> I'm like, he had, I'm, I'm so glad that he loved that film so much. I don't know if that's objective. I mean, but to be fair, it's, it's Den of Geek, which I respect, but is also in the same area as my own um reviews of films and video games on what culture which is that it's not meant to be really objective <laughs> <laughs> you're like i like this and i'm gonna yeah, tell like, you I'm why tell i like you it, why I like and it. you're gonna agree this is with my me. review it's because i like it i am not a respected reviewer it just so happened that i accidentally stumbled in success <laughs> yeah so let's go with uh another another quick review um David Ehrlich from IndieWire writes this move Mortal Kombat is more broadly watchable than the 1995 <laughs> version ever was but it's hard to shake the dull sensation that video game movies are now playing us <laughs> um fair. yeah what that's else interesting. yeah uh, per Perry Nemiroff uh, YouTube critic writes a big old choppy mess that's far from the quality adaptation many have hoped for but has just enough bright spots to make it passable entertainment fair yeah and and Phil Villarreal from ABC Tucson writes, the writing is the cinematic equivalent of button mashing. <laughs> oh, that's and true. One, and he gave it one <laughs> oh out God, of four. He's right. No, that's correct also. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that metaphor, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, you know what? That makes perfect sense. Because if me and you were playing Mortal Kombat, if me and you were playing Mortal Kombat against a Dylan Monsey, and me and you understand the moves, understand like how to tech properly, you can game, still beat someone and... button mashing in Mortal Kombat. That's exactly, exactly what I do. That's a correct. I love that. That's a correct. Yeah, correct like, way of playing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly playing. No, that's the correct like. Uh... Yeah, but then you're talking to people who like grew up with the tournaments. I, it's so I, funny. I, I was in tournaments in like video games. Like I understand like teching and like like you know spacing and all this fun stuff so it's essentially someone being like you know how to play a game you know you understand the mechanics of a proper video okay. game that's fair no that's fair but, uh, it is a button mashing we're just gonna movie. button mash and then you're gonna like gotta be nice <laughs> we're gonna have that that's that's the end of this episode <laughs> fair point um yeah so we ranted about how much we hated this movie. you ranted uh, you ranted, you, ranted. <laughs> you, you both ranted we 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 enjoyed yeah. this i i enjoyed this i will i want to see more of the characters etc etc i'm gonna watch it again and i want yeah me too um, <laughs> yeah yeah um, having said that i'm still i'm still interested in seeing 
the the sequels but Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think i'm gonna watch this one ever again i'm done that's fair Um, okay yeah so yeah thank you for listening thank you for listening to this long episode episode. actually let us know in on instagram or facebook or twitter how you felt about mortal kombat are you on team ed and leon or do you are you on team motsi and adil or Or did you genuinely think this movie was good are you on your own team where you thought this was like the best martial arts movie ever made who knows yeah are you a tournament fighter in pacific mall or are you a button masher as a five-year-old child who just wants to see each other yeah. run across the screen? What, what Go five-year-old children. Okay, <laughs> every fighting, every person starting a fighting game button mashes to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's how I won. That's how I won uh, Leon's like, tournaments nope. with random people in the arcades. <laughs> Speaking of which, shout uh, out to uh, Time Zone and Power Station in the Philippines, the two big arcades. I just need to tell you that because those are the arcades I grew up with. Spot too. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for nice. listening, guys. All right. Uh, much love. Peace Thank out. Thank you, everyone. Thank uh, you. Thanks for listening to our longest episode. See you. Ever. Talk to you next week. Yeah. Much love. Thank you so much. Uh, we had a good time. Yeah, this is more than likely the laziest yeah. ending yeah. ever. But, you know. <laughs> is it our longest, though? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Hello, everyone. It's Ed again. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review. It helps us out a lot. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where we announce all our upcoming episodes as well as upload additional content. So until next time, keep watching great movies because story is king. Thank you so much for listening.